You are about to listen to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Josie Long. Um, It's free, we'll keep it free, and at least in audio version, but there are lots of ways uh, to pay us back. Go to gofasterstrike.com, you can buy a series pass and get all 12 of this series on video for just £15, or on audio for just £6. That's 50p a podcast. It'd be awesome if you felt like... um, giving us some money so we can do other stuff or you can make a monthly donation to us or a one-off donation to us in return for a badge or just for nothing Uh, and we will put all that money towards making new internet content like as it occurs to me go to richardherring.com to check out my gigs i'm doing a tour called we're all going to die as we record this and in the summer and autumn i will be doing a new show called lord of the dance seti you heard me seti anyway let's uh, sit back and listen to josie long this was an amazing podcast i haven't done it yet when i recorded this Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is now saying more words than he has done in the last hour and 15 minutes. He's Richard Herring! Thank you! Oh, you aren't as good as last week's audience. They kept applauding until I was speaking. Uh, but hello, welcome to Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. There's all the cool kids calling it Rehenestapur. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, so uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're having some fun. I was uh, very much enjoyed recently talking to Danny Baker last week. It seems, it seems like only yesterday there's some lads arriving here with, with booze. That's what you need to be boozed up for this there. They're arriving... There's probably some kind of stag now. They look, look at that guy. He looks quite dangerous. I can't quite, can't quite see him. Oh, no, he's all right. He's, he's just... What's your name? Carl. Carl. You thought you were safe back in, the, in row three, didn't you? But you were very, very wrong. Um, what, what do you... Uh, what's what's, what's, uh, what's uh, your favourite Spice Girl? Mel B. Mel B, interesting. What do you like about her? Her hair or her? I like her. I like all of her. Uh, her hair. That's nice. You like you like hair on a woman? I do. Yeah, that's good. Like a woman with hair. Yeah, well, I don't mind either way. <laughs> it's recently International Women's Day. Do you know? Do you know? Is there? Do you know when International Men's Day is? That's what I wonder. When is it? Oh, that's good. You were paying attention. Paying attention. <laughs> I like women with hair all over them, don't you? That's why. I mean, it's nice if they've got it on their head. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have to be. I'm not having a go. It doesn't have to be. But, I don't, you know, I think that's... They're mammals, right? Mainly, most women. That's what it's part of the definition of a mammal. I feel like everyone's having a go at me for saying I like hairy women. And now, as if I'm... I like hairy women. Shut up. Fuck you. Uh, with your prejudice. Uh, so, um... <laughs> Going very, it's going very well. Uh, so there's a couple of there's a couple of newer people. Hello there, how are you doing? Uh, a couple of newer people. I've, I've I've gone quite professional. I've actually slipped my hand into the camera strap for the first time ever, which slightly confuses me about how to make the camera work. Hello, what's what's your name? Jenny. Jenny, that's a beautiful name. And what's your name? Alex. Alex, that's not. I'm, I'm, and uh, you can't be together because you are very attractive and he is extremely ugly. So that is. <laughs> Are you together in a relationship? What? You, you got her when she was young. <laughs> Were you also young? I was 48 years old. I met her when she was four. 
Just by biding my time, didn't break any rules. Uh, so, uh, what do you do, Alex, for a, for a job? I work in a shop. You work in a shop. You've really... You can move, you can leave him, you can go to someone else. Which shop do you work in? Jewelry shop. Ooh, now we, now it all starts to add up. <laughs> if I came to your jewelry shop and you said that ring is three thousand pounds, and I said, you know, I don't need a receipt for that, <laughs> <laughs> would that make? <laughs> if I call you Chaz, yeah, of course, so that, would, that would be. I was going to call you Chaz anyway. Uh, and uh, you, you were worried about being picked on because you tweeted earlier on. That was very foolish. Uh, what's, what, what's your name? Joe, why were you, what, do you think I would be rude to you? I wouldn't be rude. Oh, you might have to leave to catch your train. Oh, well, if I see that happening, I'm going to lambast you, don't you worry. <laughs> Where are you going on your train, old Mrs. Fancy Pants? <laughs> oh, I might have to leave to catch my train. Not walking home like everyone else. Where, 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 do you, where do you come from? You, you live in Surrey? Temporarily. Temp don't know why. Surrey's fine. <laughs> Tells you in temporarily. <laughs> what, what's, what are you doing out in Surrey? Um, yeah, em you're emigrating from Surrey or from somewhere? You've got a slight accent. I'm a bit like Henry Higgins. Let me just... Uh, I've heard enough. Is it somewhere outside of the United Kingdom? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I was expecting a bit more. Is it from... The, are you from the African continent? Yeah, I've, got, I've almost got it straight away. You're from Johannesburg. No. <laughs> Where are you from? Cape Town. Cape Town's the fucking same place. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Do you... Were you oh God, I've got so many awful questions. <laughs> and I started asking two of them and I, and I stopped them both. <laughs> Uh, welcome. You're going to come and live in our country. No, I'm moving to oh, you're moving. No, you're moving from England to Germany. What's wrong with you? Wasn't the place you're from right wing enough for you? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Sorry, I, I just. I mean, honestly, that is not as bad as the two things I, I stopped myself. <laughs> so um, you're very welcome. Even though, why do you want to go to Germany? What's going on? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with Surrey? Your husband, your imaginary husband. <laughs> Where is this husband? Oh, that's okay. No, that's, that's all right. He can be by his, he's by himself as well. He's, he's, he kind of sat down there, thought, I'll take, there's a one on his own, or I can pick her off. <laughs> to be honest, I've just picked on you so that I can get a picture of him if anything happens to you tonight. <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we've at least got the ever, we'll catch him. That's the, that's the... That is the main thing. Well, so you're most welcome. Sorry, I did it in the end. You shouldn't have tweeted to me. <laughs> it was all right in the end, right? Yeah, phew. Uh, so, look, we're going to move on. Uh, with my, my car crash audience participation. I mean, it's, I don't know why I try. It's always like that. You come every week. It's pretty much always this bad, isn't it? Uh, so, it's, I, and one day I'll get good at it. That's my, you, you're all thinking, how did we get away with it? There's a two pretty women and a bald man. How did they get away with it? Uh, what's wrong with me? I've, I think it's just the excitement about being able to speak. I think, I think that's... I, I genuinely think that's what it is. Uh, anyway, our guest tonight uh, is probably best known for her work on GCSE Bite Size History, or possibly you'll know her from Improvisation, My Dear Watson. 
<laughs> Will you please welcome Josie Long? It's Josie Long. Come in, sit down, pick up a pick up that microphone and use it like you. you would a, a, hello, a microphone. Hello. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Good. Thanks for having me on directly after the most incredible radio uh, personality in the world. Mm, yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> it was good. It's all going to be fine. So tell us about um, uh, Bite Size GCSE history. How was that working on <laughs> the guy, there's this what one guy you? who likes me, yeah. and he keeps getting me in for all of these things. Bite size GCSE history I've done, yeah. bite size A level something, and <laughs> I did an open university thing that wow. was like a taster of all. Does it count as a qualification if you've done all? The... <laughs> I've got a B now. Pretty much now, A level is just a bite size thing. <laughs> Do you know what English is? Yeah. All right, yeah. that's a A. Because you can also get an A star. Yeah, now. that's right. What, what kind of uh, facts did you teach in uh, GCSE? I can't remember. Place? You have to do it really quickly. You don't take it in. You just say it in an appealing way. Well. And then you fuck off out there. <laughs> um, also, can I say we were just... Because I was just watching Danny Baker and now yeah. all I want to do is be like, get the money, knock it out, <laughs> knock it straight out. <laughs> That's what I've done. GCSE. Give us <laughs> That's fucking... Who needs GCSEs? <laughs> They didn't even have they didn't even have GCSEs when Danny Baker was a lad. Uh, so, and what about improvisation, my dear Watson? They didn't have GCSEs when I was a lad. Either. I should add, <laughs> I've got eleven O levels. I stayed at school. Look, look what happened to me. <laughs> improvisation, my dear Watson, which I think is the worst title of any TV show do. ever. Do you know the guy who produced it is a really nice guy? That doesn't excuse his appalling. He's so pleased with himself for coming up with that it. That is. Such a bad <laughs> impro. Like it's hosted by Mark Watson, so that's the that's the my, my dear, dear Watson. Watson improvisation. My dear Watson. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it does not. Improvisation does not even sound like elementary. <laughs> they never said elementary. My dear. and Sherlock Holmes never actually said elementary. My dear Watson. Anyway, so that would be my first port of call. I get very upset about. Uh, I'm a quite pedantic. It should be never mind buzzcocks. They're called Buzzcocks, not The Buzzcocks. And also, why not just call it Nevermind The Bollocks? It's pathetic. <laughs> so anyway, that's not, that's not your fault, it's Josie. Not my fault. It's not But what did you improvise on my... We, we did you improvise something and they go, thank you, my dear <laughs> Mark Watson? I just improvised clues. <laughs> that's what I did. I, um... <laughs> They, it's one of those things where you do it and then they go in the rehearsal you do it and they go brilliant do the, rehearsal. Yeah, exactly. oh, the rehearsal I'll do that exactly again what? You're like, that's, that's not impressive <laughs> that's the opposite <laughs> but I've done it and then I've You've fucking got the money and I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry do you like to spend your money when you've got your money yeah I really do, do I like to spend like a Saudi prince do you yeah but, I'm, which is, I, but I sort of have this weird uncomfortable thing with money because I, I don't like the idea of being wealthy at all and luckily my career has helped me in that end <laughs> but I sort of but then I do really like luxury goods a lot yeah so I really like champagne and delicious fruits <laughs> yeah but I also have this thing where I'm like oh, the wealthy are disgusting <laughs> but this dessert wine is not from a good enough yeah and if you could swap it really it is no it's not I think it's but I think if you've got the money spend the money and you know the champagne industry people the people the workers there <laughs> need to earn some money. Uh, so uh, I'm going I'm to get straight into this because this might take some time. Uh, uh, this is the Dirty Britcom Confessions website, which I thought 
Someone as sweet as Josie Long, though some of the things she was saying backstage uh, were appalling. Oh, I can't. Can I know? No, you can't say. There's a secret. Uh, but uh, uh, she's. A the, 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 lot of them are very sweet for you, which is nice, um, but some of them aren't. Uh, uh, fantasy uh, colon. That isn't the fantasy. Uh, that's punctuation. Uh, Josie Long and I are sitting next to each other on a train. Our fingertips touch. That could happen. Touch, that, oh, okay. Our fingertips tips touch briefly. Do, is there any way to find out who wrote them? No, that's why they're anonymous. Okay. They're anonymous, but you know, I think if probably if you like them, the person who uh, might be listening to this, they might send in their name. There's some, possibly some other men who didn't write this might go. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she liked it. Did you? Yeah, that's me. You can do that. There is a spark, and we totally make out. I mean, that is so oh, compared to the nice. Greg Davis ones. That is quite sweet. <laughs> We totally make we out. We totally make Not out. Not like half. <laughs> Is that how you do that's it? What, that's how you do it. I know it's a long time since I've made out. Uh, <laughs> you know, with a stranger. Or my wife. Uh, this one I quite enjoy. Uh, Helen Keane. And Joe, you know, aware of Helen Keane? Uh, yeah, she's got my another, friend. She's an, uh, do I have to have sex with her in this? No, in quite oh, the opposite. No, not quite the opposite. Helen Keane... <laughs> It's an unusual. Well, it starts in a. No, it's not. It's a, what's interesting about this guy is is the level of this fantasy is what I'm trying to get at. Helen Keane and Josie Long would probably be upset when they discovered I was fucking the other one behind their back. <laughs> I mean, someone who's got deeply into like the fantasy of. Yeah, what I'm doing, I'm going to have sex so with both So get us them. both. Get us but, both. Uh, yeah. That's not enough for him. He's got to hurt us both. <laughs> we'll both. You'll both find out. And it's kind of the presumption that you both go, oh yeah, that guy, how could he treat us like that? We loved him so much. And now I found out what he was doing with... <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so, uh, uh, Joe's Long's giggle gets me going. That's just me. Uh, a, uh, uh, go on, what... For this, like when you first mooted it, yeah. I was like, oh, this could be nice. But actually, it's, it's quite weird. Yeah. But well, keep going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I imagine that a lot of the people who write these now tune into this podcast and are, are furiously masturbating as, they, as, <laughs> as their things are read. <laughs> and I like that. That's one of my fantasies, is that strange stalkerish men <laughs> sit at home masturbating as I speak. So I'm... I'm fully aroused. <laughs> it, a hot summer's afternoon. See, they're all quite there. They're, they're nice. A hot summer's afternoon with Josie Long and a round tree's fruit pastel lolly. That is all. Now, I like fruit pastel lollies. I mean, that might be the, just what it is, mightn't it? But there could be. Read it again. A hot Read summer's afternoon with Josie Long and a fruit a round tree's <laughs> <laughs> fruit pastel lolly. They are slightly phallic in shape. And also, like many men's penises, multicoloured, <laughs> with I believe a purple end, if I am, if I remember correct. When I was 13 years old, I used to love your show so much that what I did was we had to do an IT project where we had to design a children's summer camp. Yeah. And I designed the children's summer camp to be themed around Fist of Fun. That's good. And then I made certificates on the primitive school computers that said, like, Peter Bainham congratulates you for winning the school summer camp. Yeah. And then it had, like, clip art pictures of people standing on podiums. And I think if I could go back now to my 13-year-old self and say, he's going to be talking about, like, fucking you and ice <laughs> and, like, looking you right in the eyes. 
I wouldn't have tried as hard. I think <laughs> it would have been inappropriate to do it when you were 30. <laughs> Though I would, I'd like to see, I would, like all celebrities, I would not have been convicted. <laughs> wouldn't have held up Even, even held if up. I had or hadn't done it. I think I've covered myself legally. Though not morally. Um, did your teacher think you were mentally ill and had created a fantasy world that she had no idea about? Because you were probably the only person who knew that show existed. We just had loads of like in jokes yeah. in the project. Yeah. Like it was the the club was called um, Camp Rod Hull. That was the club. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, even my own audience don't know what you're talking about. That's how bad it is. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. You know do what more. You, do more. Yeah. Do you want more, do you? Sorry, that sounded like do I was more. trying you to want build more, do you? Do you know what you want? You want the moon on the stick. <laughs> yeah? Gonna, I'm, I'm just... Get it? I'm going to... Get it? Hello? Is that, is that me from the past? You don't want to know what just happened. You're going to fucking freak out. You're going to fucking freak out. Um, this, this one's quite interesting. It's a, it is opening a world of weirdness. I once hugged Josie Long after a gig. Regrettably, I was too drunk to remember it. I bet it was the best hug ever. <laughs> I, I feel good. Yeah, was that good? No, I mean, that's lovely. That I makes... had someone, but, yeah, okay. But it's not the right arena for that. They could have at least said, and I was really around. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's a mild fan. It's a, these are mild fantasies. This one, uh, maybe less so. I'm not a lesbian. I don't think Josie Long is either, but I would. I think it would be really great to just pal around with her as well, having coffee, taking walks, and reading books together. It would be great. Well, I quite like that. It starts off, you think it's going to be quite esteemy, and then it's just like, I'd just like to be a friend, pal really. But then... I'd love to pal around with her. Yeah, okay, we can work that out. Can we put it on underneath? Like, yeah. Okay. I'm interested. <laughs> and this is the most uh, sexual of them. So get ready, masturbating men at home. I have dreams where I role play as a teacher student with Josie Long. I don't know which way round that is though. It just says teacher student with Josie Long. I, I want to, oh no, I think, I think you're the teacher. Uh, I want her to spank me hard, push me up against the desk, and then teach me discipline. What kind just, of teacher I'm would do so that? I'm so busy, I can't be. <laughs> I've got a lot on. Yeah. God, be, I, I think oh, you'd have to just time. punish him originally. I think like this punishment would be not to be disciplined because what he's asked for is wrong. <laughs> Why is that what you want? You're not going to get. <laughs> well, there we go. That is the Britcom, <laughs> dirty Britcom confessions. Um, so uh, you've been to. I'm quite interested in this. You've been to the crap comedy festival in Oslo. I've been twice. Have you? Yeah. And it's crap with a double P. Yeah. Is it? That's what it's called. I can speak Norwegian. Okay, is, fine, what, what, is it do they know that's funny when they call it the crap comedy yeah, yeah. festival okay. but, but I thought it was before the first time I went they kept advertising it in Norwegian on Twitter and it was like comedians crapper Josie Long and I'd be like why the fuck are Norwegians slagging me off like <laughs> what have I done and then I went it's good is it it's nice really good. it's run by um, these two guys called Rolf and Martin and another guy that I can't, he's, he's got like a foreign name so I'm not going to remember that um <laughs> Yeah. But they're really um, experimental comedians. Like they did, one of them did this thing where he did this long mime for about 15 minutes that he was talking to this um, giant, right? The, the, someone else was doing the voiceover for the giant, so it'd be in Norwegian. And then he like 
mimes masturbating this giant, <laughs> and then he got a bucket to like collect all of the. Yeah. But it, it was. This is very blue, by the way, for me. I'm not. It really... is. You're, you've been very blue all evening. You're over. You're over. I'm slightly disgusted. It takes a life. lot to disgust me. Um, but that's what he did. Yeah. It was really. Um... Well, what case, did anything come out? Or was it, <laughs> no, no, it was mime. Was mime. That's good. Um, and the other one, he he's got. He had half a beard for this sketch. He had a full beard, but only half a beard. So he sort of did this sort of like Victor Victoria thing. Yeah. Uh, but they also they're all kind of. But they're all really healthy and their posture's really good and their clothes look really expensive but not in a showy way. <laughs> and they um, all, as well as being comedians, they all kind of do something really socially responsible. Yeah. Like they all kind of work in local politics and stuff as well. And they're all doing PhDs. Just in, like, because life's too easy for In them. Norway, doesn't everyone get a share of the oil money? Probably. Is that right? They've all, they've all got like 200,000 oh, euros. It's a great time. Just sort of in the bank. They, they, I don't think they're allowed to use it, but it's there for them. Anyone know? Or am I thinking in the wrong place? Or is it Sweden? No, we've all gone quiet. Okay, that's, that's I, how it's going to be. I don't know, but they do. I mean, they do have a really great equal society. Or more equal society. That's, yeah. well, it's more that's no fun, though, is it? As a comedian, you really want... In a way, don't you want it to be unequal so you've got something to rail oh, against? I'm just tired. <laughs> it's been so hard for so long. When's um, there going to be an International Men's Day? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. I got excited because my friend said, when's there going to be a Prince, the, the Prince song, International Men's Day? <laughs> I, can't remember, I can't remember the name of it. When's there going to be a Prince International? And then I could reply, November 19th. And be like, I'm like Richard Herring, I'm joining in. <laughs> So you did, uh, supported a comedian called Stuart Lee, one of your first... Your best friend. From... And then I stole uh, your boyfriend of me. You would think so. <laughs> yeah, I supported him on tour yeah. when I was 22. Did, and it, was it nice being in the car with him? He did fart a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I've been car. in cars with him. Did he ever shit himself when he was in the car? <laughs> no, he's he very did that. He did that in the car with me once. <laughs> we were going to uh, Cheltenham. We're going to perform in Cheltenham. It was him, me, and Peter Bainham, I think. <laughs> and he didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I don't think. But like now, a three-year-old doing now, the yeah, he was driving. And so <laughs> Would you not let him stop at the services or something? I think he had to die. Something. You know, he's only a human being. He has occasionally has diarrhoea, uh, and he farted, but he followed through. And then he had to drive. We were only halfway to Cheltenham when that happened, so then had to drive. Well, so you all just were like, "We'll stay in the car. It doesn't matter that there's now human shit in it." Yes. You just were like, I, I don't want to take the five minutes <laughs> off had, the time. We had no control over it. He was driving. But you could stop. Uh, the I think car. we might have been a bit late. We got to the we got to the you gig. the show. We went to the you gig know. and then he went to the toilet in the in the Cheltenham College, whatever it was. And then he took off his pants. And he, <laughs> rather than throwing him in the bin, he hit them in one of the cisterns. <laughs> they might still be there. It'd be worth a fortune. Maybe, it would be worth a lot of money if anyone goes and checks that. I can't remember which uh, college it was, but there can't be that many colleges there. It's a higher education college. He's really nice to me on tour. Was he? He didn't, really... So he never shat himself. No. Just, he farted though. For a bit, like, yeah, for a bit. not a lot. He has like a quite a serious <laughs> bowel Ill. problem, so you know it yeah. is. 
you know, we shouldn't laugh at him. He's very And once we went, we were doing two nights in Tunbridge Wells, and once we in the hotel drank all the whole mini bar and had a party. It was really good. That's good. <laughs> that was good. And then once we were in Lincoln, and I was 22, just turned 22. And he was like 51 or something. We're doing it. And um, we did this show at the university in Lincoln. And there's this big group of boys. This is the first, only time this ever happened to me in my life, right? This big group of boys. And basically what would happen is, young, good-looking boys would come up to me. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And they'd be like... Do you, can you introduce me to Shirley? I'd be like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck this, right? And this whole group of boys were like, will you come out dancing with us? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And then they were like, and Stuart Lee will come as well. <laughs> but he didn't come, but it was snowing. And we had a big snowball fight. Yeah. And then we went to this nightclub uh, and danced all night. And there were like loads of them. We had loads of fun. And then at the end, there was like me and this guy. And I was like, you should just come back to the hotel with me, right? Yeah. And we were staying in Christian rented accommodation. Because <laughs> Stuart found all these like amazing odd places to stay around the country. It was really exciting. We were staying in these sort of, yeah, like I think there was like us and monks staying there in Lincoln Cathedral yeah and it was snowing and me and this guy walked up to the top of by Lincoln Cathedral and we were sat in the snow and it was so quiet you could hear the snow just like and we were chatting it was super romantic and I was like this is an incredible night like I've been taken out in the town by all these guys this beautiful country and I was like you should come to my room and he's like yeah cool so we sat in my room like having hot chocolate because I'm a twee cunt and then we were like oh Oh, yeah and then I was like and then he just suddenly was like I have to go to work now Uh, I have to go to work tomorrow I'm leaving and I was like how have I fucked this up like this is the coolest thing and then he left and the next day after one hour sleep we had to drive to Derbyshire and Stuart was like you had a boy in the Christian accommodation (laughs) and I was like I didn't even fucking kiss him nothing happened we're just drunk of course you didn't kiss him and then we did this gig in Derbyshire and we we went to a stone circle because he loves him with that we went to a stone circle it was really brilliant I said what a prick (laughs) seriously grow up (laughs) We met all these yeah. eco warriors. Yeah, of course you did. It was camping out. Yeah. It's brilliant day out. And also I did my favourite trick, which is when you're walking along in the snow and then you keep deliberately falling over and <laughs> pretending there's something wrong with you, which is hilarious. And um, then we had this gig in Derbyshire where I died so fucking hard that I ruined the gig for him. Oh, and there was another time that I died and he was yeah. really proud of me because I died so hard and then someone at the back who didn't know who Stuart was was like, this is as bad as Ted Chippington. And Stuart was like, fucking yeah! yeah. <laughs> um, so it was brilliant. He treated me really, really kindly and gave me loads of good advice. And um, Did he ever <laughs> try and get... When you were asleep... <laughs> wait, it's not what you think it's going to be, it's what you think it's going to be. Did he ever bring out a ventriloquist dummy of any kind? And just say he was just trying to cheer you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to what go. What can with you do? What can you he's do? Paying, he's paying your wages. He's driving us around. We're in a stone circle in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I'm trying to think nothing else happened. See, I, I, when I'm on tour, I just go to the hotel and, and like the travel lodge or the Premier Inn, mm. stay in there. If I've got time, I just sit in there. Do you have a support act with you? No. Why not? Because fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, young kids. I'm not going to train you up so you become better than me and take my job. 
Also, I don't earn enough money to pay anyone else, but my shows are all like 90 minutes long, so I don't need, you know, my show's not I, don't need, I don't need someone to come along and help so me out. I have two support acts. Do you? Just to give people value for money. I like the loneliness of being on the road, just <laughs> the sitting in a travel lodge with a bogey on the shower curtain. Oh, that's a happy life, yeah. isn't it? Just kind of weeping, <laughs> drinking wine on my own. I wish of thinking how things could have been. Uh, I do a lot of just going swimming. Do you? In the sea or whatever. Or find yeah, like so wherever you go too... to the gig, you find a lake or something. Then you Stu, Stu used to go climbing up mountains and stuff on, on tour. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard enough doing the gig and then getting drunk and then trying to get off with girls and failing to do that and then having a curry. <laughs> without, right, when she slotted all that in without it, having it to climb up. a mountain in the middle of it all um, well you're lucky he didn't, he didn't shit in the car if anyone finds that's the kind of I'm just saying that is the kind of thing he does you got something onto Fist of Fun I, re- I saw I did yeah did you remember no you, uh, you, you. I, read some, I read an interview where you talked about were you was just googling the, Fist of Fun no I was googling you because I'm talking to you now, I think it's polite, <laughs> polite to know, oh. know a little bit of something about you, oh, so right. I can ask a question. But you were giggling like Josie Long, fist of fun. No, it was Josie Long, and then one of the interviews. Josie said, Long, shit. There's a. They said, of... obviously, you must have watched a lot of Richard Herring when you were younger, because you're really funny and you're exactly the same <laughs> as him. So. Oh, I got a heckle in Newcastle. Did you? I was doing a tour, and there was this guy who thought himself to be incredibly fay and brilliant, yeah. and he was a cunt. And I was, it, it was about ten minutes in and I said something about Kurt Vonnegut and he went and I went you don't like Kurt Vonnegut and then he was like oh I do and I was like okay cool what's wrong and he's like you got the book wrong I was like mate I've done this like a hundred times I've definitely fact checked it like he's like okay well as you were that's my least favourite thing that hecklers do when they go as you were as if you're a fucking chambermaid or something and then he went as you were and then he went just keep going, keep ripping off Richard Herring. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I, did so I send him to a lot I'm of gigs. <laughs> He's getting round. It's where I spent most of my money. That's why I can't afford a sport act. There's that guy. That guy. He's travelling around. Oh, yeah. He likes staying in posh hotels. Oh, you can imagine. He's going, expenses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got the new title of the As book wrong. I could see from the way you said Vonnegut that you don't know how to spell it. <laughs> um, but you sent in a millet. Was this the TV show or the radio show? A TV show. I'm yeah, too young you're for not, the radio not show. one of the real proper fans. Too young, too young for the radio okay. show. Too young. You're too young for the TV show. <laughs> um, you sent in a Millennium Dome. I did. Oh, that's good. I did. It was, I worked really... I, I used to try every week yeah. to get stuff in. Yeah. So there's nothing to do in Orpington. <laughs> and I used to try every week to get stuff. Orpington people come from Orpington. Thank there. you. What school did you go to? Did you? Romans Wood. It's all boys. Is it? Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I used to send you one ever, and the one that I got in was the Millennium Dome. You had to say what was going to be in the Millennium Dome. And, and it was, mine was a Q shaped map of Lewisham for no reason. It was the shape of a Q. And it was like the Q map of Lewisham featuring facts about Lewisham, like Lewisham is near St. John's. And then I was like 13 or something. And then there was like a googly eyed version of Tony Blair that you could punch. No <laughs> memory. Satire. No memory of any of it that. It was on yellow paper. Do you remember that? No, I don't even remember doing that feature I don't really remember anything about the the show doing it feels like a different when I look at it it feels like who's that bloke in there and then oh it's me yeah it doesn't I can't I can barely remember doing it that's sad yeah (laughs) 
I was working hard writing it all whilst you went out and got drunk. So, uh... <laughs> but, uh, there we go. It's not what he said on tour. No. It's not what he says in his, his book. But, uh, but ignores everything I did. Uh, so... <laughs> I got heckled last. I don't usually get heckled, but I got heckled because I was taking the. Pit. I was in Birmingham last night, and then I go, oh, you know, I've been doing this job for 25 years. I'm in some shitty club in Birmingham. They didn't like that for some reason, <laughs> uh, and usually it goes quite well. I thought it would go especially well in Birmingham. And the bloke said, "Yeah, you're not doing as well as Stuart Lee." And I said, "Yeah, no, I'm not." But you know, it's like that's ridiculous. Why they got him? He's got his own TV show. That's like someone's gone. Hey, you know, Schnorbitz is really good. Let's give him his own TV show. They get, they've chosen the wrong one. They got. Get the, put the funny one in with his own TV show. Not the other one. It doesn't make sense. So, I'll ask you some emergency questions. They're not going to be as rude as uh, the one I asked you backstage, which led to some bizarre places. Um, incidentally, if you give a pound a month uh, via the Go Faster Strikes site, you will get extras uh, on uh, extra bits of interview that you can't get anywhere else. And that, that, in, that, that interview will be one of those things. Only about. I feel bad because you've got kind of like sickened by me being dirty and so yeah. I sort of stopped myself and I felt like I could have just finished off what I was going to yeah. say but I didn't uh, it's, worth, it's worth a pound a month just to find out what that is uh, so uh, <laughs> would you rather have a, um, a hand made out of ham yes or an armpit that dispenses would, sun cream I'd rather have a hand made out of ham would you yeah. straight in you don't, yeah, you don't need sun any cream. like what oh, you can't eat that you can't eat it <laughs> Like, I already eat my fingernails. Yeah, I do And as my well. fingers as well. And I sort of consider it to be a pleasure. How far tree. down the finger will you go? The I'll human go as finger far as the cuticle. Will you? But then, yeah, I'll go as far as the... But if it went further... So you eat a bit of the... Well, doesn't that really hurt if you eat the cuticle? Yeah, sometimes it's kind of nice. Yeah, the other week, as I showed, I had this finger. It's better now if anyone was worried about... <laughs> Um, I got all pus in my cuticle. Do you, have you ever had that? And, no. then, and then it gets puffs up, and then you can oh. you can squeeze it, and it all comes out. How did you go? How did I? How did it come about? I don't know. I just, what were you touching? Nothing. <laughs> no, I wasn't touching it. That's my left hand. I don't use that. Uh, so, for those purposes. So you'd rather because the sun cream, you could, you know. What are and also like. If you had a ham made out of ham, that's the talking point. Well, so is an armpit that dispenses sun cream, it, to be honest. It is, but it's like a boring talking it's point. very... How dare you? How also, dare you come here? how does it dispense it? Like a nipple or like a plastic nozzle? There's like a... No I mean, it's not plastic, because you're a human being. <laughs> yeah, but... It's ridiculous. Uh, it, so, there would be some kind of nozzle there that you, okay. you squirt it, and it would then These it, are my it would additional questions. These are yeah. my additional questions. Is the... Maybe you should have asked these before you jumped in with, <laughs> I want to hand no, down. Mate, don't give a shit, mate. Not going to change my mind. <laughs> yeah. Right? Is the sun cream inside your body? Yeah. Or is it in like a pouch as part of your body? It's butt? inside your body. It's right. in your armpit. What, the, what is it doing to the rest of my body? <laughs> Nothing. It's in a... You know, it's sealed. It's hermetically sealed. Within How some... does my body produce it? Um, from a gland. <laughs> okay. That makes yeah. sense. I appreciate the science of that. Good. Right. If I were trying to get it out, yeah. would I need to manually touch it or would I just have to think and it would squirt out? I think the technology would change. So to begin with, it would just squirt out, but then eventually there oh, would be... Oh, that's well, insane. That After how that, long? That technology because isn't here Because I'd be used yet, to really. it to begin with and then yeah. it would all change. Yeah. 
But then you'd be able to think it. Ham hand. Then you, I think hand. eventually you'd be able to think it, and then it would just appear in your hand like time, like a, it would, you know, like beam into your hand eventually. <laughs> what? And then what would happen to the armpit? Would it grow over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would happen? I guess it would. What would happen to what was? Would there be leftover sun cream stuck in my body that couldn't come out of the armpit? Well, it could beam out. Whenever you needed it, so it would be there, ready, waiting. It would be more convenient in many no ways. I have no questions about nozzle. the ham hand. The ham hand, I've just gone great. Yeah, brilliant. Gone for the ham hand. If you had to choose between, do you mind that I'm asking a lot of questions? About no, this, that's what. I could that's talk the for point. A long time about them. I want you to ask a lot of questions. Okay. Would you rather have? I don't know why I'm reading this because it's a. It's not even on this piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> and B. I know what it is. Would you rather have a tit? Can you do like, like this? <laughs> Would you rather have... <laughs> my emergency questions get worse right at the end. Did you go travelling as a teenager? <laughs> that's, my new, that's my new emergency question. I don't want any stories. I just want yes or no. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Would you rather have a tit... That dispenses talcum powder. That's right, isn't it? Yes. And do you know tal you know where talcum powder comes from? I do not. Please tell it's me. It's mine. It's mine, apparently. But not here. In this case, it would just be there'd be a gland in your body that would create it. You might have to send miners in occasionally if there was a clog. <laughs> they would go little tiny miners, like in uh, in a space. In a space. Well, I was going to think of a, a long and older film than you, The Fantastic Voyage. Okay. With Raquel Welsh. No, this there's a real generation divide. I've got that right. It is the Fantastic Voyage. I'm looking for an old person. Yes, Raquel Welsh. She gets like all uh, antibodies on her, and they have to pull them off. Her. Best thing that happened in my child. I can't, that's almost as good as Janet Ellis being Nell Gwynn and doing oranges. It's up there, top three. Some old men laughing at the back. <laughs> Uh, would you rather have a tit that dispensed talcum powder or a finger that could travel through time? I would, the finger that could travel what through time? What would you do with the finger that could travel through time? It's just your I finger. I don't even care. That's so amazing. It is. I would send it to the future. You could And I would future. just bid it farewell. <laughs> I'd be like, you bloody go for it. I can't It would still be you. attached to you. You can't. It's not going away. Hang on. You go there. It'd be the, 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 imagine this. Imagine this is the future. That's the hole. <laughs> It's like a glory hole. It is like a glory hole. And, you know, that is the next question. But we, I build up to it gradually, firstly with the finger, see how that goes. This is just a dating tip. Uh, so, <laughs> that would go through flip. From your perspective, you can't see that, can you? You don't know where that finger could be doing anything, could be diddling so anything. I can in only there. travel forwards into the future in the exact physical space where I am. No, you can, you can travel in time and space, obviously. Wait. <laughs> right. So what? your finger would go through, that's a wormhole, goes through. You say, I wanted to go to 2748, <laughs> January the 3rd, the Leicester Square Theatre. So hang on, the finger's travelling anywhere, beyond the wormhole is anywhere physically. Yeah. But I'm still rooted. You're here still physically. here. You're still attached to your finger. You can look through and go, oh yeah. That's what I, know, I can look through. You can look through there. Well, why do I have to put my finger through? I'll just look through. <laughs> <laughs> because the finger, create. You can't look through unless the fingers in there. That is why. <laughs> well, it's like. Uh, 
mean, it's difficult to explain. We haven't really had time to explain the, the mechanics of the time travel thing. But it's like, um, it's sort of like a web thing, you know, like a, a like a, well, no, like a web, like a, a film. A spider's web. Like, yeah, like a film. Uh, that like, you put your finger in and then it would like it a kinda... film what do you mean like a <laughs> cling film yeah like cling film but you put your finger in but it's it's uh, opaque <laughs> <laughs> until what happens if yeah <laughs> I go back in time yeah and I touch one of my grandparents yeah alright <laughs> well it depends where you touch them <laughs> You um, could okay, you on, could on, put on, your on. finger through just a... as your granddad was ejaculating oh. and and hold up and stuff up his herring's eye as I like to call it the uh, the, you, the, um... the meatus and then stop your parents being born. <laughs> they could back up. He could be just you imagine you imagine your granddad. <laughs> what we do is just imagine your granddad on, about, about to ejaculate. You know the one. You know that one of your. You know one of the breasts is talcum powder. Yeah. Does anyone ever choose that? Because that's shit. Yeah, Jenny and Claire chose it. Why? Because, you know, she likes using uses a lot of talcum powder. You wouldn't powder. be able to feed your children if you had a baby. Well, wouldn't you? Because you could sell... <laughs> you, could sell you could sell the talcum powder. Yeah, but... You, Think of all the, uh, the savings. No one's having to mine that anymore. <laughs> all the equipment that's gone. Can you dispense as much talcum powder as exactly. you want? Exactly. So Infinite. You, could, you could become the world supplier of talcum <laughs> yeah. powder. And you could just go, if you saw people going to Starbucks toilet changing a nappy, you could just knock on the door and go, <laughs> think you might need this. <laughs> you could help people. You're not helping anyone go through time touching your granddad's urethra, are you? <laughs> like you want to. You could go... <laughs> time do something good with your finger yeah you could yeah what, what would that be you could kill Hitler <laughs> you couldn't you could stab him in the eye <laughs> you could straight into his head you could hurt his eye you could kill him what push it through yeah. would you be prepared to do that would you yeah. at what why point would, would you, you not do? well at what point you're saying this... that if you had those powers you yeah. wouldn't kill push Hitler it, push it Hitler's eye hey Hitler what, could, you're too squeamish. Hitler could move away <laughs> he'd see the finger go fuck <laughs> That. And he would move. He no. wouldn't just stand there. No, he wouldn't know what <laughs> was you happening. Would you? Are you saying you'd get your finger in Hitler's forehead, push no. him against a wall, so that he couldn't move anywhere, then move the hand down? No. I think even then Hitler's going. Oh, he's got this another hand do. free. Do you know what I do? He's got the hand free to push. Do you there's know a what woman I do? Let finger... me tell you what I do. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Pushing me. This is what I do. Yeah. Wait till he's asleep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get the, I feel very giggly today and I think it's because he did all this stuff about people talking about having sex with me and it really like it's weird it was but weird like, I'm sorry right, no it was always it's, right so have I retrospectively groomed you uh, by <laughs> you coming to your I did a show your... in the same venue as you yeah. when I was 19 years yeah, old yeah let's not talk about that <laughs> on film no, but what, you had yeah. a really big bar of chocolate and you said you can have as much of that as you want oh. and I was like he really is a nice guy isn't he yeah. And then Justin Morehouse, who's a comedian from Manchester, that I was doing the show with, ate all of the chocolate and said, and said just say it was you. <laughs> I was like, you fucking dick. This good man has offered us this bounty. Um, so what I did is Hitler's asleep and I would get the wormhole to be right on his face. Yeah. And then I would just put the tip of my finger in so I could look because I can't look unless my finger's yeah, in the, the hole. And then I'd be like, straight <laughs> I don't think it would kill him. That'd do the other one. I don't think it did kill him because he's the, he, he lived. At what point would you kill Hitler? Because you know he's already committed. Uh, would you do it before he did? Nineteen twenty-six. Yeah, but then you know I had Stephen Fry on here talking about this very same thing, 
Just go and look at that. So, um... <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I will, we'll, we will uh, ask a non-emergency question now. Um, and uh, this question that I am going to ask is this. There, it's just, all I've done is written out loads of stuff from the Dirty Brick Confessions that it's hard to wade through. You, uh, are, you've done lots of Edinburgh shows. You've been nominated for the Comedy Award three times running. Yeah. Uh, and not won it? No, never. Did you win the Best Newcomer? Yes. That's all right, isn't it? Yes, I got... I, I, you know, yeah. it didn't matter. It's but just you, 10 grand. It's just buying a no, house. No, it's just 10 grand. Did you go and just spend it on a holiday? <laughs> got Hawaii for a month. <laughs> yeah, That's you could do. do. Probably for two um, days. I don't know. I thought it, was, it was a weird thing, because the first time it happened, I didn't expect it to happen at all, and that was really exciting. And then every subsequent year, it just got more and more frightening and stressful, And but... Now it just feels lovely and it feels like, oh, cool, I've done that and no one can take that away from me. And now, because there are still people who take offence to my existence and who think I'm shit and don't know what I'm doing. So it's quite nice when people are really rude to me online to take a photo of all my awards and send it to them <laughs> and be like, oh, shall I give these back? Which I know is like a cunty thing to do, but... Well, it's quite a cunty thing to get in touch with someone to tell them that you don't think they're any good. That's more cunty, I would say. So they deserve that. It balances out. I think it balances out. I um, think it does. Yeah, it's, all right. it's nice. It was really, it's really cool. Does it get to you when if people don't like you? Because if you're a good comedian, people aren't gonna. Not everyone's gonna like you. Um, if you're, I don't think even if you're a bad comedian, not everyone's gonna like. You. No, but if you're if really you're, bad. If you're doing something interesting, not everyone's gonna like it. So if I'm, some people not liking it surely is a sign. That I really you're do doing like the idea that I might be doing something all right. Like yeah. I really love what I do, and I just. I'm obsessed with it and I feel like I want to do it my whole life and I love the fact that it's always changing what I want to do and I also love the fact that I've been doing it for so long in my life, like more of my life than I've not, like since I was like 14, 15, since basically I stopped watching your stupid fucking show. No, um, I've been doing it so long that like I genuinely feel like it's how I understand the world and how I like process my emotions all this shit like that, like it just is such a big part of what I want to do with my life, that like... Yeah. Especially now, I just feel like I've been doing it so long, I'm like, oh, I just don't care if, if you hate it, like, we'll all be fine. And also, I, like, learnt this thing, like, when I first started, I used to get lots of reviews that were basically like, please give up now, please give up now. And at the time, I was so freaked out. And also, like, people online would be like, she's such a cunt, oh, she should be killed, right? And um, then I realised the other, like, quite recently, I was like, oh, I've sort of been able to do everything I've wanted to do, more or less. And it didn't stop me from doing it. I thought it would kind of destroy any hope I had for a career, but kind of didn't make a blind bit of difference. So now I just feel like, oh, well, anyone can say anything. It doesn't matter at all. Well, Stuart had a review in 1999 where, you know, we'd been up for a few years and he was doing his stand-up and doing essentially the same thing he does now, to be honest. So actually, some of the same routines that everyone lords now. And someone said... I that's fair. He's written loads of stuff. Well, he's good. No, he's really loads of stuff, but he was. I'm honestly saying he was doing actually some of the things that people now journalists say are amazing. Some right, of the right. some of the same things, yeah. and the same basic. I, you know, the same. Yeah. yeah, you know, he does the same basic thing every thing, right? So uh, he was doing that, just repeating the same thing over and over again, as if anyone would find that funny. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and like someone reviewed saying, why doesn't Stuart Lee just fuck off and never come back to Edinburgh? So that was, and so he was not, he wasn't at all critically acclaimed, really. He's a lot, you know, his stand-up shows got really nasty reviews early on, and now he never does. Recent one, no, no, even his recent ones, he'll still. Well, not from the press, though. That's I think it's kind of different when it's from the press. But what I'm saying is, 
you know, people don't know fuck all, basically, is what, you know, it was, he yeah. was clearly good then, and some people were still being nasty to him then. But so. also, I just think I love it too much, so I don't really give a fuck, and, like, I think I'm quite spoilt, because when I actually do go and do my own shows, uh, I really like hang like, meeting people that come, because quite often there's, like, really interesting, creative people come to my shows, and I just have, I feel really... And like I love going around the country and knowing that I've got those friends in that place because they started coming and I've done six tours or whatever, so I know them all. Yeah. I don't know, it just feels really lucky that there are people who seem to understand what I want to do or like trusting enough all that shit. And yeah. Well, it's, it's you know, it's an, it's an amazing thing to get to as a comedian because it is quite difficult to get enough people to like you to be able to tour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is... But then I'm only talking between like 20 and yeah. 300 people. It's not like... No. Massive. I was thinking about that today because somebody was talking about people doing arenas and I was like, oh yeah, like a thousand people and then they were like, ten thousand people mm, and I think I hadn't really thought about that I was like, what, one fucking person? That's a rip-off <laughs> if there's just one person on the stage just twenty thousand of you you, could, you wouldn't even get a chance to murder them if you all rushed the stage to murder them you wouldn't even get to I touch think that's them. why most people are going to comedy gigs <laughs> I think you'd get a chance if you thought I'm, I'm going to rush the stage crowd, and kill, kill Michael McIntyre I reckon you could probably do I it. did a gig don't do it though he's nice he's alright I did a gig in um, Hay and Way yeah. and only 15 people came if they wanted to kill me they'd each get a good go at it <laughs> they, would, they could all collude yeah, if, if, if 10,000 people wanted to kill Michael McIntyre they'd A have to pay 50 to 100 pounds I think that would put them off 8 quid they go I'll just, I'll just wait till he's out the back and I'll just kill him in the car park if you're going to I hope he doesn't get murdered between between now and this going out if he gets murdered after this has gone out that's probably worse actually isn't it then it it looks like I've sort of Manchurian candidated kill kill Michael McIntyre I want to get him on as a guest on here don't kill him until he's been a a guest on on this show then you can do what you like Um, yeah, it's you know it's insane. So like, if you go and see people at the O2, then I've never been to see comedy. Don't like that. no bother. What's the point? Anyway, there is no point. Uh, well, it's you know even sitting like on the the near the back of the floor bit of the O2 is too far away to sit in. Like, so you might God, as well weird. just get a DVD and uh, you know of the performance and then put it a long way away and watch it from there put it a long way away and then put an auxiliary screen there and watch it just at the side the whole time like that that would be the best thing to do so yeah I mean it's it's, I think it's a very that's a very nice that's sort of in the same area that I am touring it's a lovely place to be where you're going around the country people are paying to see you and and you can make a living from it so it is amazing that is enough in itself also I kind of like internet abuse now because I've had so much of it (laughs) that I just kind of like I try new techniques on it and see which one makes me feel the best. Yeah. What are your What are your favourite techniques? Oh, my favourite new one is just typing unsubscribe. So if someone like tweets me something like can't I'll just type unsubscribe. And the other day, this guy tweeted me, "Are women funny?" And I tweeted unsubscribe. And then he went, "Um, it's a tweet. It's not an email." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> do that. Or sometimes I'm like, you have a crush on me. And they hate that. They freaking hate it. Um, or I say, like, I know you are, but what am I? Pretty yeah, that's, that's quite good. Yeah. Are women funny, though? That's the. That's, no, no. Really disappointing. Yeah. That's what we like. I've never found a single woman funny life. at any point in my life. <laughs> which I think may speak more about me. <laughs> not a single person has made me laugh who has not got a penis. 
And I've checked. Do you know what's been I've really checked. Every, when someone's made me laugh, I've said, excuse me. <laughs> Could you just... Thank God. <laughs> There's this thing recently that started happening where really earnest, sweet people who are doing their degree will write an email to like my agent or send me a tweet or something saying, I'm writing a thesis about women in comedy. Please can I interview you? And I have to be like, oh, I'm ill. <laughs> I'm busy. And I feel really guilty, but I'm just like, if I have to talk about it anymore... I'm just going to start, like, punching myself in the face and being like, is this what you want? You know? That would be quite good for our podcast. So I might, keep, I might keep pushing it. I'll do that for you. Uh, thank you. Um, and uh, you, you do writing. You've written on Skins, which is and not a show I've watched because, you know, I'm very old. Though I watch Hollyoaks. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's just the convenience of having that on an actual terrestrial channel. Skins uh, was on Channel 4. Was it? I thought yeah, it was on E4. it moved to Channel 4 because it was so successful. It was on too late for me, really. Was, you know, I like to be in bed <laughs> by the whatever time that is. It's a really brilliant show. Yeah. I no, I've, I, I've heard Deal this. with that, huh? Yeah, it's really brilliant. Yeah. And also, what's really exciting is this guy called Edward Bond did the costumes for the first... I think he did it for all of it, but specifically with the first series. Like, before it happened, uh, and then after it happened... Um, you could see the difference in the way that 17-year-olds were dressing. And it was because of this one guy and how he chose to dress these kids. It, like, had this massive influence on how kids dressed. And I was sort of blown away by that. I was like, that's incredible. You've had <laughs> this massive influence on youth culture and stuff like that. Pretty good. And what? So, were you writing whole episodes of that? No, I work? never got as far because I'm really bad at writing drama. Like, what? Because, um, so, it, the one of the two creators of it is this uh, man, Brian Elsley, who's this incredible TV writer, and um, he has written like everything good in the past. And they all, they were, they were so generous that they would get all these young writers together in the writers' room and just be really like giving you advice on how to write and giving you like mentoring and it's just amazing and so I like wrote little short films for them and they were always like trying to help me to get to a position to write a full episode and I would always like either fuck off to Australia for three months mm -hmm. which is my favourite thing to do or try and do it but I just like don't really understand writing drama because I just kind of don't want anything bad to happen to any of the characters <laughs> so like my dream episode would be they all have a party and they have a great time at the end and then they all take lanterns to the beach because that would look pretty yeah well that's what Danny Baker's wife would watch yeah. would watch that and I, but I get that totally I find it really hard to write drama and so when I would come in and they would be like okay so this character that everyone loves is going to die I'd be like what the fuck mate it's not going to fucking happen um, but I was more sort of were they coming in you know it's pretend it's pretend no, it's not, no, no. I've met them all I've met them all they're really generous and kind to me and like I learnt so much from it and I got to meet loads of writers like there's this guy Jack Fawn who wrote on Skins and he, he wrote uh, This is England 86 and 88 and he wrote writes amazing he's incredible and like Jamie Britton who was uh, one of the co-creators is like this amazing writer and like yeah. there's like and also I know famous people because of it and so like when <laughs> Dev Patel was in Slumdog Millionaire I knew him and every time I did went anywhere like in cabs I'd be like get in the cab and they'd be like where to and I'd be like have you seen that film Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> uh, I actually know that guy <laughs> and I'd just dine out on it for like months and months so you see, I met him on uh, Mark Mode and uh, Simon you? Mayo's Christmas quiz that year, but I hadn't seen Slumdog Millionaire. I don't think it had come out yet. 
but they'd seen it but I hadn't seen it so it was just some bloke you know, some young kid they he's really nice. funny he was very nice yeah. and they were all really funny like yeah. Joe Dempsey was on it yeah he's amazing they're and really uh, what's his face who from about a boy Nick Holt Nick, Nick Holt's really cool and who's but he goes out with Jennifer Lawrence no, 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 he goes out with Jennifer Lawrence. I just found that out with the Oscars yeah I just found it out at the Oscars. He auditioned for uh, You Can Choose Your Friends, which was the last thing I wrote for ITV, playing like the, one of my nephews, basically. Uh, but he got the part, but he, wouldn't, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to take and, it. No, it wasn't, a very, it wasn't a very big part, and he just got skins. But he seemed... He's in About a Boy. Remember him in About a Boy? Killing me softly. <laughs> oh. He grew it, and now he's diddling Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I was so excited, and then I was like, oh, I'll text him. And then I was like, I probably don't have his number anymore. Ah, oh, but you do. That's why she keeps falling over. So, um... <laughs> in my imagination. So, <laughs> uh, so you did start very young, though. You were like a, like a tiny teenager. You were 14 when you started doing yeah. stand-up. Yeah. So how did that, how, how did that start? Because that's a ridiculously young age to become a stand-up. Um, what was, were you doing? I was really obsessed with uh, comedy when I was a little child and I just loved it and I um, also really loved performing it was really precocious and annoying and then there was an art centre that doesn't exist anymore uh, in Beckenham which is quite near where I grew up in Orpington and um, there was stand-up comedy courses and my mum for my 14th birthday got me a place on this course like a precocious little dick <laughs> and um, it was run by this guy who was really great and really looked after me for like years was like my mentor and my like surrogate parent figure and he, I always thought he was really wise because he always like had this really like slowness to him and really like pensive he was like really stoned the whole time <laughs> fucking wasted and I just didn't know when I was 14 so he'd be really like hmm <laughs> you need to think about who you are. And I'd be like, this guy's incredible. And he was like 27 and I was like 14. And there was loads of people who are now professional comedians right. did it and stuff. And I used to just go to that and it was like me and sort of quite odd, unusual group of people doing it. And but you got an agent and stuff early on. Yeah. So you were, you were, you were gigging around, you were gigging, did you do Edinburgh and things like that? No, I, I sort of didn't gig that much because I was at school. I sort of would gig sort of once every couple of weeks and I didn't really understand the difference between good gigs and bad gigs so it was like it was all just like exciting London new life to me yeah. so like I'd be gigging in front of two people underneath a pub or like above a pub and then I'd be gigging at something really important in front of 800 people and be like fuck it all up just the same <laughs> and stuff but it was kind of all a bit weird because like I did 16 gigs and then I'd won the this BBC New Comedy Awards and yeah I think I just didn't really know what I was getting into. And I was thinking, So You Think You're Funny. The final of So You Think Funny that I was in was me, Russell Howard, Andy Zaltzman, Jimmy Carr. Um, there's like nine people. There's more than that. They're all famous now. They're all really rich and famous. <laughs> um, I think maybe there's... Oh, David O'Doherty. Right. And like some other ones. And who won? Uh, David. And I come second. Oh. And, so um, that means you're better than Jimmy Carr. And uh, yeah. yes, much more successful. Than yeah. him. <laughs> but that's funny to think that like Jimmy Carr and Russell Howard played to like 
10,000 people a night. It's as much what my career is like. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> But um, I don't think I really appreciated what I was getting into like, no. all that stuff. And it all kind of happened really quickly out of the blue. And then I just sort of freaked out and I had to do my A-levels. And uh, so I sort of was like doing that a bit. And then I really, really wanted to go to university and had this dream about going to like Oxford and being in the review. But I think I didn't know enough because I sort of thought it was the footlights as well. Nice. And then when I got there, I was like, oh no, this is the shit one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, and we did the Oxford Review and I was there and we got like really badly slated and did really badly. But I sort of didn't do that much comedy when I was at Oxford because I'm really, I've only just got over putting myself down all the time. So I used to ring people and be like, will you have me on at your club? I'm really shit. <laughs> and they'd be like, no. <laughs> um, and I was sort of too scared to put gigs and stuff. And so I didn't, I, I used to run stuff when I was at uni, I ran loads of comedy clubs and we yeah. did loads of really fun, anarchic shit that we could get away with. And like, we just got thrown out of venue after venue. <laughs> so we went round to all the different colleges at Oxford, burning our bridges with them by like insulting the dean or <laughs> ordering pizza for 300 people or like smashing all the tables and it was good. Sounds like in the Bullington Club rather than doing comedy. <laughs> like the Bullington Club, yeah. Have you in the Bullington Club? <laughs> David I'm... Cameron came in and went, I can't believe what they've done. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, fuck you, Granddad. <laughs> but um, oh, I had a really good question for you then. It's, it's, I'm quite tired. Sorry. It's quite, no, it's not. It's my fault. It's completely my fault. But I always feel like with stand-up, I've been doing it so long, I really wish I was a lot better by now because it's really annoying. It takes... Uh, I think that you, you go in these leaps and bounds and then you get to a plateau and then it kind of, and you kind of think, oh, I kind of know what I'm doing and then then you realise you didn't. I think the problem is you, you, you start off thinking, oh, I'm great at this, I'm really brilliant and then you slowly realise... The rest of your life is slowly realising you're not as good as you thought you were. And that by getting, you know, because you suddenly you're acquiring different skills all the time. So you, but you take, you take, like, you've gone from, in, from, into a kind of more political arena with your stand-up, would you say? Than be, yeah, when you, I did. It started out being that kind of, you know, I mean, it's always called whimsy, which I think is a horrible word for it, but it's, but it's that kind of, I mean, even it's, it's about doing things. Well, that, that, that's what I was going to talk about. It was like you've been described as the London Lena Dunham. Uh, and uh, and like, I can... it kind of just makes me feel crushed because I'm but, like, oh, she's written like this incredible film and made it and made this incredible TV series. Well, you've written and films. Like, and... oh, I've got a thing I photocopied. Yeah, but oh, you... I've done great. Well <laughs> you've, done. You've got cartoons in the Guardian. It's almost as good. But I can see. But I actually think, I actually think you're there's there's an edge to her stuff and especially the later stuff that I don't really like. They're just horrible people. That I think in girls. Where well, the third series I don't of girls. Think that. I think she's just really. We've seen the third making... series of oh, girls. I yet. I can't. I just think it's they're just too I don't care about them anymore I like the first two series but they're just too unpleasant so I don't really God I really wish I'd seen it I'm glad that they uh, when they have things go wrong for them and also every time the bloke comes in I just go outer space uh, which is quite a niche reference as it turns out but the, what I liked about the end of the second series yeah. which I'm sort of spoiling if you've not seen it is that she makes all these decisions that you don't want her to make and she does everything wrong but that's how they end it they're like yeah. and it's and they pretend like it's this big romantic ending and actually you're like no mate fuck's <laughs> sake and I thought that was so brave that it was that dissonance of it. yeah I, I agree but and I really like it but I just think just, I think it's, there's loads of stuff in comedy that's about nastiness now and about people oh look at these people aren't they awful and we're meant to be laughing about how awful they are but I just don't think anyone is that awful and also why not do something 
that is kindness in heart. Well, it's nice the way someone's nice, and that's why I don't think it's a fair because I think your stuff is more about celebrating life, and I then think not, you're trying to do and that. not you know not not in a in a, that in a in a great way. So there's still you're still making points and still pointing stuff out, but it's it's not as. I think just a lot of a lot of comedy just seems to be about oh look at this awful character aren't they unterrible and not self aware of how bad they are I just don't think people are that unself aware generally you know so and that because that seems to me have become like a trope now within especially kind of sitcoms and things so your stuff seems to be to me and the film uh, the little bit of your film I've seen and and the ideas I've got from it are that it's about sort of celebrating life and you know and dealing with the stuff that gets thrown at you yeah, is that fair that, I, I would definitely say like the sort of things that I write about are trying to be about how to stay optimistic and try like I've, I think the way that I've always tried to write shows is like what do I like what do I really care about what am I trying to learn what am I trying to do to make myself better and then like talk about that yeah but that's kind of you know, it's, but it's, it, it does half back a little bit to what Danny was talking about about you know you do, it doesn't it does comedy can be just about joyously celebrating yes. <laughs> celebrating life rather than having to feel uh, miserable yeah. about stuff. The first show I ever wrote, I was like, I'm going to try really hard to make this totally positive and just be about things that I like and try and write jokes around it. Yeah, and that's the one that got me the most internet hatred. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one where people are like, this cunt should be raped in but, the eyes. Well, that's but that is <laughs> that's, that's where you're doing something right though. That's what that's what. It Interests me about that whole that whole basically that international man, man's day thing is it's it comes from a place within it's so benign and well, then people like stamp it yeah. out. Well, it's all about you know Car- the Caroline what's of Caroline Credo Perez if I've got her name right who tro- put a woman on a banknote and therefore that's what people get angry about you know that they're furious with her for doing a campaign to put a woman on a banknote people have got this built up kind of anger which I think is the problem when so the, you know they've they've got a prejudice. And they can't even see they've got a prejudice, and they're not even—they're not even prepared to look at their. You know, if you decide women aren't funny, or there is no International Men's Day, yeah. so I'm not going to Google it and find out there is. Yeah. You know, you just—you've just decided something is true, and if you've decided anyone's not funny, if you decide I don't like this kind of comedy, that's not then going to make you laugh, is it? Because you're going to sit there going, "Yeah, told you it wasn't funny." So, you know, I so want to get to a stage where I'm confident enough on stage that if I see that happening, I can get off the stage and just fucking hug them. And like, <laughs> just be like, we'll be all right. We're going to get through this. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. And pep them up. Yeah. But I'm not there. Doesn't, doesn't, they probably wouldn't work. Though the human content might be enough for these people. It might just oh, unlock something. But yeah. No, it's, it's kind of interesting. I just, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of comedy about a bad comedy. That's what I was saying. Like, a lot of people about comedy about bad people, and then actually the challenge I think is to create. Right, and I've right. been, you know, I'm guilty of it as anyone about those bad things. Uh, but the, you know, the, is oh, I don't like that. So I like stuff write that something about, that is funny. I like stuff that's about enthusiasm. I like stuff that's about play, and that's all about like in jokes or people making up in jokes and. And games and stuff like that and the, my favourite sort of stand-up is stuff that really surprises me and feels really delightful and exciting um, so that's the sort of thing that I want to try and make but then it's been weird like the last three years I wrote shows that were all about how angry and upset I was at what the government is doing and trying to stay optimistic and trying to sort of still try and be a happy person but talking about that going on but now I think I'm just going to write a show about, like, love or something. Yeah. Fuck them over. <laughs> One step ahead and then they won't know and then fucking come back. And uh, what I really is... hope I'm not too boring. I'm really sorry. I um, think I think, uh, I think it's all right. Okay. Um, 
I thought yeah. you were positive now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit shit. No, uh, no. Oh, yeah, JT, I'm trying to be really, yeah. like, confident about myself, but then do you find that because you're a stand-up, then you're too assertive sometimes? No, I still, I'm very insecure. I, the, the, this audience of this, I'm, I mean, I'll talk about them, they can't hear us now. This is just between the two of us. But it's kind of a really weird gig, this, because sometimes the audience go very quiet, and it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it is, though. <laughs> but I think this one's all right. But, but I think well, what's weird about it is because it's, we do so much talking in a space of three hours, there's got to be a bit where, they're, if they're actually quiet, that's better than them going... <sighs> so I, I think I may be wrong. <laughs> that is, they're interested. <laughs> We'll see. We'll find out. We'll find out on Twitter later on. Go, ah, fucking Josie Long, what a cunt! She bored me. Unsubscribe. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm what is? Just so good about myself. Yeah. I was like, ten steps ahead of you, prick. How are you going to come back to that, mate? You can't, mate, because it's flawless, mate. Mm. And then I, I blocked them anyway, so I was like, why well, you can fucking see it, cunt? Do what you want, mate. Mm. And like, it's better than not replying, because everyone's like, oh, rise above it. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like. Rising above it is boring, man. <laughs> get in it and fucking rock it out, and then I think it's fun to get there. I sometimes, get, I sometimes get involved in ones where they haven't even added me in. That's, <laughs> that's, where, it's, that's where it becomes really good fun. Because they either... They're, they're I, like, dude, we did not ask for this. <laughs> and you're like, well, I put a dot in front of your name... And everyone who follows me, you're a bully. I know. Uh, I, I generally don't. I, t- I would take out people's names if I did. But I, I sometimes respond to something. And if, if it's not too unpleasant, even if it's a bit unpleasant, sometimes it's quite interesting to go, why do you think that? And, you know, just I think it's people say it's vanity searching to search for your own name on Twitter. But I don't think it is because you actually. You it's know, also really hard to, if you, you get know bad it's stuff. there. And sometimes you need to do it for certain things that you're doing if you need to like forward something. Like, that sounds so like. <laughs> but it's just really hard. It's human if you know nature. It's, there, it's like. It's human nature. I could look. find out some. Maybe I'll find out a secret about the future. <laughs> like they'll say, Josie Long will find a pot of gold tomorrow. <laughs> I am. On Twitter or on, the, on just on, on the Twitter? internet? Yeah. I wouldn't Google myself because of all the abuse, but Twitter's fine on the whole. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I had a look earlier. They were really happened to go. No, I didn't. I did not. Um, what is the closest you have come to death? Oh, I was in a really serious car crash. Yes, I don't remember. But How none, was that? None, nobody was injured. No. I can say what happened, and you won't believe that nobody died. It's insane, right? Um, me and my friends were driving from a gig in Swansea to a gig in McCuncliffe, and there were three of us. There was James Acaster, the incredible comedian who is in, so upbeat and so silly and so yeah. full of joy. And, and um, he was driving. Shit driver, though, terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was driving. I was in the passenger seat, and my friend Johnny, who's a really good friend of mine, a fantastic musician, was sat in the back there. And then just behind us, we had, like, all of this shit not tied down. Like, there was a guitar literally poking into the back of my head and then behind us there were like boxes of all my fanzines and um, like all our stuff right and the car was really full we're in this little Ford car I think it was yeah. which I now whenever I see him I'm like you're alright mate just keep me safe and um, we're going along this road and it's like an A road so uh, not very big and it's all windy and there's um, 
trees on either side so you can't really see what's going on and we were stuck behind this lorry full of logs and we were in convoy there was a car in front of us uh, which had uh, Henry Widdicombe who runs McCuncliffe Comedy Festival and he's an incredible human being and Carl Chappell who's a portrait painter just putting these details in because I can <laughs> right and they overtook really easily and it, it was a really long lorry it's like uncut logs yeah so fucking tree length logs right and I can't believe that I was like this to James, but I was like, we should overtake. And he's like, well, I don't know. And then we kept trying. We're like, wait, no. And I should say at this point, we've been listening to two things that day. In the hire car, there came free a Mumford and Sons CD, right? And he just bought CeeLo Green's album. I had that song, I see you driving around town with the girl I love. Right? That's the bit to sing that you'll remember. And then... There's a CD, which so we can listen to that, right? And we kept trying to overtake and couldn't. And then eventually it was just so long and flat. And I was like, let's just fucking do it and overtake. And we nearly finished overtaking. And then out of nowhere, there's a bend in the road. And then out of nowhere, three cars come around the bend. And James is like, fuck. And I'm like, fuck. And then one hits us head on. And then we're like ricochet between the car and the lorry. Right, and then I saw the cab of the lorry just coming round into my view. Right, and at that point I just closed my eyes because I just thought you're going to be crushed to death. You're going to die now. And like bizarrely, I've had all these dreams where I get shot and I know I'm dying, but I know I'm alive still. And I'm like, well, mate, we're going to die, so we might as well lie still. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so then in my head I was like, oh, this is like all those dreams you've had. You're going to die. Just lie still, because that's <laughs> what to do. So I was kind of calm and I had my eyes closed. And then I was like, this is funny. It's like being on a roller coaster because there's always that jolting and noises. And then I remembered that three days previous, we'd seen the film Due Date, uh, <laughs> which I give uh, five stars. <laughs> it been terrible if you died at this point after ingesting so much awful <laughs> pop music and films. <laughs> that would have been the last film see. I'd seen. <laughs> yeah. It was Due Date. And um, uh, so I remembered in that, they have a car crash and he doesn't get injured because he's asleep. Right. So in my head, I was like, dude, just relax, we're going to die, and if we don't die, we need to pretend we're asleep. <laughs> That's not how I sound to myself in my head. I'm trying to jazz it up a bit. And I, so I had my eyes and I could feel it smashing. I hear all these sounds, so loud sounds, but we were all silent in the car. We were all just like, fuck. Um, and then when I came to, we were um, off the road against the tree, and there was a log there, a log there, and a log there, and the car was all buckled under, right? And I didn't know what had happened. And Henry Widdicombe, who'd been driving the front car, uh, took ages to come back to us. Because the car crash happened, we ran out the car. And yeah. we were standing in this field, like, hugging each other, just weeping, like, I'm alive. And Henry came really slowly back. And he was like, I, oh, and he just looked haunted when he saw us. And he was like, I was so certain you were dead. I didn't want to come back quickly because I didn't want to see you dead. And we were like, what are you talking about? And basically what happened was, instead, it wasn't that, the lorry spun round. It's that our car spun out, got yeah. caught on the front of the lorry. The lorry like went up the road with us for a bit. Then it swerved, took us off the road up a grass verge, crashed through a greenhouse belonging to this old lady, right? <laughs> Back down. Then because it had gone up and round, it kind of jackknifed. It like went over our bonnet, peeling it up like a sardine tin, then flipped over. Then all the logs came off the lorry pushed our car off the road into a tree and then the logs came through our windscreen and nobody yeah. was injured at all in the car nobody died at all and we all got out of right. that car and I remember thinking what was fucking bizarre is 
before that happened, I remember having loads of thoughts where I was like, so weird, I've never been in a car crash. But I'm due a car crash. And also thinking, do you know what? I've never felt an airbag. That must be really fun. Oh, an airbag, how exciting. And then I remember thinking that when I woke up, I was like, oh, airbag. And then we had to get out of the car and I was so pleased with how fucking gung-ho and macho I was. Like, recently, like, I've been really proud of myself thinking I'm a fucking survivor mate I survive anything <laughs> and there were windows and I smashed the window with my elbow and then I like climbed out and thereupon I got the only injury anyone got I got a tiny cut on my thumb oh, right? and we ran out and there was all um, glass in my shoes my socks my pants everything <laughs> right? I was like running out getting all this glass out and we're like <laughs> and then because I've seen films two things Right. Firstly, I thought I was dead and didn't realise it. Yeah. So I was like looking I, at it. Like, I still, I'm still thinking that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> classic, classic. Dead and don't realise it, right? And secondly, I was convinced the car was going to explode. And even though we were like 20 feet away from it, I was in such a high state of shock that I was like, we need to take the keys out of the ignition because <laughs> otherwise the car's going to explode. But then check this out, right? I'm such a fucking coward that I persuaded James Acaster. <laughs> so I was like, the car's going to explode. James, you better get the keys out of the car. And then he ran and got them, and then he's running back, and he's got the car keys in one hand, and in his other hand, he's got the CeeLo Green CD. And he's like, I've got it, I've got it! And it also transpired that when we all thought we were going to die, I had Mumford and Sons in my head of, you really fucked it up this time. And they had, um, fuck you, and that's what we would have died, listen, yeah. thinking our last thoughts. Yeah. And then what happened was, we had to wait in the old lady's house, Who's she was furious. She brother. fucking hated us. Yeah. And it was so wrong, right? She gave us cups of tea with sugar in, which I would never normally have because it's not a cake, it's a fucking drink. But it was so good. And um, she didn't give us any food. And she blatantly had loads of food in the house. And I was looking at her like, you fucking cunt. You Tory cunt. Like, who would not give food to someone who's just probably dead? She's probably saying you could have had some tomatoes if he hadn't crashed into the... <laughs> <laughs> but then I'll tell you interesting right because I'm quite chubby and my friend Johnny is like not a chubby but like not a skinny guy and then James is really skinny and what happened was that night we went up the shop and bought um, loads of drink loads of chocolate and then I ordered a Chinese takeaway for like it was in we were in Barry Island so yeah. it, it would have been very cheap to order a normal amount of takeaway and I think I spent like 50 quid on this takeaway it was like really hard to do I had to be like we'll get four of them and we'll get three of your banquets and then um, uh, we had this massive feast and me and Johnny were like I'm alive I'm alive and James just couldn't eat anything and I was like oh this is why I'm chubby and skinny I understand about life now but it changed my life as well so unlike Danny Baker who nearly died from cancer and didn't mm. and didn't learn a thing I felt like it you made something. me more political and I felt like it meant I was more productive and I left someone who I've been living with which is very sad and very hard but I think it meant that I, I sort of woke up to that and I didn't do fuck all else. <laughs> oh, I stopped dieting forever that right. day. Because up until then, I'd been like, oh, I hate myself, oh, I can't eat carbohydrates. And now I'm like, no, nah, fuck it. <laughs> Which is a great thing. Yeah. Because um, now you're just a ghost. You can eat what you like. Yeah. That is... <laughs> but I can't drink because then it goes out the yeah. holes of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would, that would have been, I, I always think, you know, I, I, whenever I'm driving, I have the exact the same things, thoughts. Because I think, you know, 
But I always think there's so many comedians are driving around at mm. late at night. This was in the daytime, presumably, there was it. It was. Overtaking people. And, and then stuff. afterwards, all the paramedics, all the police, everyone, the man at the car pound, impound, whatever, kept going, um, you should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm not. Yeah. Do you always keep thinking that... I, always, I think I'm amazed there are less crashes, though there have been. And Russell Howard actually has had a car crash as well. Has he? Yeah, so a few people have had car crashes but and when he did it, 10,000 people were involved. <laughs> <laughs> it, was quite, it was his fault, and there were quite a lot of cars, but everyone was all, everyone was all right, so it's okay. Uh, Rob Delaney's been in a car crash. There's this thing about moral luck. Because everyone was all right, we're all fine, but like yeah. people could have... Like, we could have all died. And yeah. Wouldn't be much of a laugh. And the people in the car you crashed into were all right as well. They were fine, but they were fucked off. Because <laughs> and the guy in the lorry, yeah. the guy in the lorry, but the guy sped in the lorry. up. When we were trying to overtake him, he actually sped up a little bit just right. to be a cunt, right? And afterwards, he came up to James and he was like, "Are you happy now? Are you happy now?" And we were like, <laughs> "Right, <laughs> just nearly done, mate." <laughs> and then we were like. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we're going to have a big Chinese takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best Oh, ever. brilliant. It was the best night of my life, mate. And then we played board games and um, it's good. It's good to be alive. It is. Uh, it's a shame because, you know, if you, Russell Howard and James Acaster had died, that is three of my competition out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that bumps me slightly higher up. You think that? I think like that. That's how I think. It's all a competition. What's the prize? <laughs> Death. The prize is to get to the end of your life and realise you're nothing but a hollow shell <laughs> and you've wasted your life. I had a real theory for a while that every time you did a stand-up gig it used up a little bit of your vital essence as a human yeah. being. I used to have a theory when I was 14 that every time you masturbated uh, that, that would lessen the life of the earth. And at one point I, and I thought... At one point... At one point, I thought, if I masturbated a hundred more times, the world would end. And I didn't stop masturbating <laughs> at all. You were like... If anything, I sped it up a bit. <laughs> Why did you think about that in relation were, to the air? Because you were kind of guilty. You thought you were doing something that was wrong, didn't you? So you thought yeah. there, there would be uh, repercussions for doing something bad. But I just thought it'd be like a thing that me and God would have to talk about. Yeah, no, the world would end. That's how, <laughs> that's how important my cock is <laughs> to me. Uh, I, just in case anyone... I, I was joking about wishing these people to be dead. That everyone took it quite seriously. <laughs> I'm very happy with the way my life is going. I'm glad to be... But, no, it's quite, but I also think, what's the, what will be the last thing you're listening to when you die? I think about the airbags all the time. I think, oh, it's a shame I've got these airbags that never get used. It was good, but yeah. it, it was weird. It had covered in talc, Yeah, eh? there you Which go, we see? We know how that gets there. And it, it was like a latex glove. What if they had an airbag that was a breast... That a shot tell. So it came out, and then you, because even then, if you died, it would be kind of, it was like a really realistic breast you went into, and some talc came on there as well. And just go, well, you know, at least I'm dead, but I, my, I ended my life with my but face in the breast. As a straight woman, my concerns would be slightly different. I'd be I like, don't think you'd like whose it. breast is this? What has happened to her? It would be a cyborg's breast, but it's they would. It's a robot <laughs> breast. <laughs> but it would be very much like a human being's breast we, like, we, we, good for, we all like breasts you know, they, they nurture just, us I'm not very interested though nurture us at birth and death that would be, be kind of a beautiful <laughs> symmetry no one's going with it I, know, I thought I thought at least some good has come out of that car crash we've invented have you ever come up with anything for Dragon's Den because I'm going to take that into Dragon's Den the, uh, you the can have it with my blessing the, the did you get out of the car and when you realised you're all alive go to James Acaster and say Who's going to have this for the Edinburgh show? 
No, but weirdly, I did talk about it, and I did feel uncomfortable talking about it because I didn't. But I didn't mention him by name, and I just explained. But like, yeah. it did feel because it was such an oddly shared experience, and all of us were standing there, and it was like we're really bonded together now because we nearly. And I do sort of still really care about them loads. Yeah. And it was very odd that we all nearly died together. It is very odd. It's, it sounds awful. I'm, I, for one. I'm quite glad so that odd. none of you died. <laughs> but it was so horrific. But because no one's hurt, it's like this kind of like all's well that ends well, Jake. <laughs> but it's like horrific and crazy that we didn't die. Like the car was like all mangled up, and then where Johnny was, the roof was caved in and the side was caved in. Like the fucking hand of death was trying to grab him, but it couldn't pick him up. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it might end up being like Final Destination, and you'll all be picked off one by one? If so, it, wasn't it three and a half years ago? Yeah. Well, so you know. I'd say, fuck it, I've had a good innings in between. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've enjoyed myself. Oh, good. Well, I, no, I am quite glad you're still alive. And we'll... Uh, <laughs> on balance... You're, you're a good friend. On balance. Me. So there's things that are bad about you, though, you know, so they would have been wiped out. The bad things would have... What are the worst the things? The evil things. What's the worst you? thing about me? <laughs> There's nothing. You're just sweetness and light. You ate all my chocolate in Edinburgh that time. I fucking did it. It was just in my house. I only had one little bit. You smashed that woman's greenhouse. <laughs> I fucking did it again. You broke all those tables in Oxford. There's a whole litany. That's because we had a game which was who can get the most who people on a table. Who can smash the most tables. No respect for tables. The You're like Jesus faculty. Christ in that you have survived and you smashed tables. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was better than that. Still not, still not, still not good enough to end on. We're going to have to come up with a topper. Um, that might Can be. I have one of your mugs. Um. <laughs> yes. Can I really? Yeah. Right. Which one do you want? Oh, you've not taken the snooker one. I notice. There's badges in there as well. You can have a badge if you want. You have to pay for the badges. You have to pay a pound. <laughs> We, ne- we never use the mugs. They're mugs, you can get them from uh, richardherring.com.com. I would like to use your near death as a, as a, as a merchandising opportunity. <laughs> I might get a picture of you in the car going... What was weird afterward, I didn't trust buildings. I was in buildings, I'd be like, the ceiling's about to fall down. We all know it. Yeah. Didn't happen though. I'm... <laughs> Are you still feeling that a bit now? Don't worry, that we're in a theatre, nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Josie, it's been lovely to talk to you. We give a massive round of applause to Josie Long, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Josie Long. Uh, it, it was good, wasn't it? it? The music you're listening to is by Pess. Thank you to Orange Mark and everyone at the British Comedy Guide, including Aaron, he's all right, uh, and everyone at Leicester Square Theatre, and also everyone at Go Faster Strike, help with who's the Mafia Lord. Chris Evans, not that one, is in charge of that. It was produced by Ben Walker. It's a Go Faster Strike, Fuzz and Sky Potato production. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It was quite good. I thought I haven't done it yet. I'm recording this before we've done it. Um, If you've enjoyed it and you would like to contribute a little bit of money towards us to help us do more exciting stuff on the internet, why don't you go to gofasterstripe.com slash rhmol where you can donate a monthly amount or just a one-off amount in return for a badge or just for nothing if you want. Or you can buy a serious pass of this show, Literature Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or a serious pass for Meaning of Life. 
where you'll get six, at least until 80 or 90 minute stand-up and sketch shows for £15. Uh, you can also support me by coming to see my stand-up shows like We're All Going to Die and Lord of the Dance Settee, which will be the Edinburgh Fringe this year. I've also writing a play for Edinburgh called We I Killed Rasputin. Come and see that, please, because uh, if no one comes, I'm just gonna, I'm not going to be able to do comedy anymore. I'll have no money left. Uh, risking a lot of money this year just just to make you happy. So give me a pound. Go on. Why not? I'm not. Just give me. I've turned into a tramp outside a bus station. Give me a pound. I won't spend it on drugs. <laughs> not all of it. All right. See you, babe.